0: Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Mariko, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now.
1: Just a reminder, you can always find out all kinds of our our daily show and everything about I Work For Him. Where we're broadcasting, what we're talking about, our blogs, our, the I Work For Him Nation, all of that on our website, iworkforhim.com. That's iwork, the number four, him.com.
2: Listeners, I am so glad that you have joined us today. And I just want to remind you that we have an I Work For Him listener line. And this is a, a line, a phone line that's open 24-7 for you to call in. Leave us a message, whether it's something um, you have on your heart that you want to just share with us. A topic that you think that we need to cover or maybe somebody's story that we need to share as well as if you have a question that you want us to address on the air we are happy to do that so our phone number is 866-713-9675 866-713-WORK and i just want to remind you all that if you ever ha- can't be um, somewhere where you can listen to the broadcast when it is live on the air, um, remember, you can pod- go to our podcast, listen to it later, find out what um, incredible story you might have missed. And, you know, Jim, sometimes I actually go back and I'll listen to several in a row. And um, it's just a great way to, to get some uh, great content all at once so they can find us on their favorite podcast platform.
1: All right. That number again, iWorkframe, listener line 866 713 work You know, Christ followers should be the biggest innovators and leaders in transformational change in our world. Why do I think that? Because we have an unfair advantage, the Holy Spirit of God. We have access to the drawing rooms of heaven. We have access to the blueprints of God. But how often do we allow God to speak his truth into our lives and his plans Allow them to override ours. How often are you allowing our Heavenly Father to speak his plans into your heart so that culture, society, your neighborhood, your cubicle farm, all of those to be blessed because of your faith in Jesus Christ? Today, we're going to go to a workplace that's changing the world as we know it, kids and adults on the autism scale. Where do they work? Why did God create them with autism? Hmm. Did he create them with autism? Tim Hansen with MindShift.Works joins us today from Minneapolis to tell us this incredible story. Tim Hansen, welcome to I Work For Him.
3: Well, it's great to be here. Thanks for the chance to talk with you today.
1: Uh, Martha and I are so excited, Tim, as we heard your story from our good friend Paul Larson from Giant Worldwide. We wanted to make sure that we highlighted... This incredible work that the Lord has downloaded to you of working with high-functioning autistic specialists, as you call them. But before we get to that, so our listeners get to know you just a little bit better, how did you become a follower of Jesus?
3: Well, I'm a preacher's kid, actually, from Crookston, Minnesota, which is up in the northwest corner of the state of Minnesota, way up, uh, about 90 miles from the Canadian border. And I was very blessed to to grow up in a very faithful home. My dad, you know, sometimes preachers' kids are are the the worst of the kids, right? They're the the, uh, troublemakers. Um, We were really blessed to have very faithful parents. And my parents raised us up. uh, They taught us how to pray. They taught us how to engage our faith. They taught us how to, well, we had to be in church, of course, because dad was the pastor. Um, so I, I, I grew up in the faith. And then uh, when I was in high school, our youth group went to discipleship training at Youth with a Mission out in Kona, Hawaii, and uh, I rededicated myself at that time to Christ, but I've always been a follower as as long as I can remember.
2: So thank you so much for sharing that with us, because I think that, you know, um, it always is just helpful to get a little bit of context where people are coming from in their their walk. And so fast forward to today, how has the shape, how has the faith that God has given you shaped your work?
3: Well, that's a great question. I think you know, work is such a big part of our lives. We spend more time at work than than anything else, than probably sleeping. Mm-hmm. And so, my faith is such a big part of my life; it shapes my life. And I assume it's it's the same way with you. So, um, you know, my dad always used to say that in business, the way that we that we reflect Jesus' command to love your neighbor that really means you know don't do anything to someone else that you wouldn't want done to you mm-hmm. so uh, i try to i try to practice that and conduct my business with those kind of truths in mind and you know i, I put my business and my activities in the hands of the lord every day when i wake up and uh, trust that he will guide and direct me that day
1: so joe uh, so joe is a huge part of your story tim And I'd love for you to tell us about your family and how Joe, your son, influenced you to where you're at today with MindShift.Works.
3: Well, I'll tell you, uh, I I think, Jim, you can probably understand this. I'm married up. As we all did. Yeah. (laughs) So my wife, Stephanie, and I have been married for 29 years. Uh, We have four children. Joe is our only son, and he's our oldest. And we have three daughters, Maria, Lily, and Sophia. And, um, when Joe was diagnosed with autism, my wife was really a a pillar of strength. I was kind of a mess because they had lots of plans for what my son's life was going to be like. And, uh, um, that isn't his life. Those were again, my plans, not his, Mm. um, but, uh, from a very early age, our, our goal was to provide Joe with as much opportunity as possible uh, to be all that he could be. Um, I will confess that we spent a small fortune on speech therapy and other programs. With I, I had it in my mind that Joe would somehow be healed of autism. If if that makes sense, that might sound kind of strange, but I that was my prayer. Mm-hmm. That Joe would be healed from autism. And um, that was, uh, I was fairly vocal about that, even a- around our family. And uh, my daughter Maria, who's two years younger than Joe, uh, she used to ask me regularly, Hey, if you could have any wish come true, Dad, what would that be? And I would always say, You know, my wish would be that Joe doesn't have autism. So we're driving down the road. Maria's in the back seat with Lily, and she asked me the same question. She was probably six years old, and I gave the same answer. I said, I, my, you know, if, if I could have any wish, it would be that Joe doesn't have autism. And Maria said at age six, she said, but Dad, if Joe didn't have autism, he wouldn't be Joe. Huh. And I almost drove off the road because I, it, that was such a profound truth. Mm-hmm. He is the way God made him. That's, that's who Joe is. And you know, I stopped praying that Joe would be healed from autism on that day mm-hmm. because that, that's sort of praying against God's purposes in Joe's life. So uh, from a very early age, we've, we've worked to try to give Joe as many opportunities as, as we can and try to, you know, help him be all he can be.
2: That is so powerful. And, you know, it's amazing because you in that moment were willing to hear what your daughter had to say and allow God to use that in a huge way that um, has led you to where you are today. And I know we'll get into that in a little bit, little bit but how old is Joe today?
3: Joe is 25 years old,
2: 25 years old. So So
3: is,
1: is Joe
2: disabled?
3: You know, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, Joe's autistic. Mm -hmm. So one can debate whether or not that makes him disabled. Uh, it certainly makes him unique. Mm. Um, but he's, uh, he's, he's not like every other kid for sure. Um, I don't, I don't like to use the word disabled. There's nothing wrong with that necessarily, but I don't consider him disabled. I consider him um, autistic.
1: Mm-hmm. You also used another term when we were talking, about, uh, talking together before the show, that he's not disabled. He's specially abled. Yeah. And I like that. I like yeah, that, because, that was... you, because you said that, that God created Joe on purpose. Yeah. So if that's the case, Joe's not disabled. He's specially abled. All right, when we come back, lots more with Tim Hansen, founder and chairman of MindShift.works. Wait till you hear how they are working with high functioning autistic adults and placing them in jobs. I can't wait for you to hear you're listening to I work for the voice of the faith and work movement as we're on a mission to transform our country and to transform the workplaces of every Christian into a mission field.
2: That's right. And Jim, we have been talking already, just getting to know tim hansen he's the founder and chairman of mindshift.works and this is a place that we want you guys to go and check out this website mindshift.works because i i'm i can be assured that not many people have heard this conversation that we're going to have today and this idea that god planted in tim's heart so
1: tim what i love is that you (laughs) shared that there i mean you're not the only family with an autistic son are you
3: no, heavens no.
1: How many, how many autistic kids are there in the United States approximately today? Do you have any idea?
3: Well, the, the statistics are that about 1 in 68 children is on the autism spectrum. Uh, there have been uh, um, numbers thrown around that it's, it's 1 in 42 or 1 in 45. I think it's probably roughly about 1% of the population Mm-hmm. Uh, is considered autistic or on the autism spectrum. But you have to remember, it's a very broad spectrum. So there are people on the autism spectrum that are pretty high functioning, that that get along just fine um, in the workplace. They've been able to kind of develop the, the skills and the strategies to be effective on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of folks on the autism spectrum that have great gifts but just have, um, a challenge oftentimes, uh, and this is speaking in generalities, but oftentimes are, are a little awkward socially mm-hmm. and because they're awkward socially, uh, it, it makes it difficult for them to have good interviews and in, in the workplace, you know, folks that interview well tend to get the job. Mm-hmm. So, but, but, uh, that doesn't answer your question. There's a, there's a, a lot of people on the autism spectrum and, Roughly 1% of the population.
2: But you've given a little bit of a glimpse of where we're going to go with this conversation. And so I think that's a great starter just for people to realize that it can be as high as 1% of the population on the spectrum at some point. So as Joe um, aged, uh, you know, obviously you as a parent, you and your wife together were probably wondering um, how Joe could um, have you know, uh, a, a job or be able right. to, you know, what he was going to do, af- you know, as an adult. And he, you said now he's 25 years old. Um, so how, what did God kind of stir up in you?
3: Well, you know, when you're, when you're given a diagnosis of autism, and this is, you know, 22 years ago, Joe was diagnosed, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, uh, the outlook was pretty grim. And it was a lot of dated information about autism. So uh, we were kind of shocked because what we were seeing was that, you know, um, the the um, the person that was described in the literature was not was not Joe. Mm. You know, Joe made eye contact. Joe had uh, great um, uh, empathy and was was comfortable being touched. And so, uh, and, and the other thing was that Joe is is very bright. He has a normal IQ, measured normal IQ. Okay.
0: Um,
3: but if you met Joe, uh, he has an auditory processing disorder. So his expressive language, he has expressive language, but um, he uses a lot of lines from Sesame Street or from movies that he's familiar with to make, to connect with people And if you don't know him and this six foot two, 220 pound guy walks up to you and starts quoting from, you know, Oh brother, where art thou without saying, Hey, how are you? That can be a little bit strange. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but, um, Joe, we, we recognize very early when Joe was, was 18 months old. Okay. He could count to 50. He knew the alphabet. He was reading words, I mean and and he has a he has a a photographic memory if he sees someone and meets them and is told their name and then doesn't see him for 10 years sees them he remembers their name Hmm. and he'll remember if they have a different hairstyle (laughs) so so we were we're like wow we've got this this brilliant kid and then you know other parts of his life he he you know he was uh he was not um developing in other areas like other kids so we we went through the process of having him evaluated and it was just uh it was it was weird that we have this kid with all of these great skills and yet some deficits that, that make life a challenge for him. Mm-hmm. And, so and I think that's common with a lot of people on the autism spectrum. They have great skills, but then they have some deficits that are, that are a challenge. Sure.
1: So we're talking today with Tim Hansen, founder and CEO of MindShift.Works. This is, a, this is not just Tim's story, but this is a story of hundreds of thousands of parents across the country. And, and Tim, as we talk, I mean, there are parents listening today. That have autistic kids wherever they are on the on the, the spectrum. But they also mm-hmm. know people who have autistic kids wherever they are on the spectrum. The Lord kind of prompted you and said, Tim, I created Joe on purpose. He's not disabled, he's specially abled. He yeah. he's not a as you said to me when we were prepping for the interview, he's not a neurotypical thinker, but you know what? There's a lot of benefits to some of those things Uh, because you said, you know, that he was a little socially awkward. Well, there's a lot of people that are socially awkward that are typical (laughs) thinkers that I don't, you know, anyway, we're not going to go down that way. You could could do a whole stand-up routine on them. So talk to us how the Lord led you to where you formed MindShift.Works because this is significant because the kingdom needs to hear this because, because we know that God doesn't make mistakes, because we know that... Autistic kids are created on purpose. There's a reason. Talk about what the, how the Lord revealed that to you, and and how it moved you to doing MindShift.Works.
3: Thanks for asking that. I, um, you know, I mentioned that that I grew up in a in a Christian home, and developed um, a lot of good habits, good Christian habits. So I start the day in prayer, and I start the day in the in the Word, and. I'm in a small group where we hold each other accountable. And those things, um, you know, if you practice that as a Christian and you're putting your life in God's hands and you're asking for direction and guidance, wow, he actually gives you direction and guidance. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we we were baffled that we have this very handsome, very smart son who isn't like the other kids. And we we would always say, gosh, there's got to be a way to leverage his skills because he has these, you know, really cool skills. There's got to be a way to leverage them that isn't like a parlor trick, right? If you saw the movie Mm -hmm. Rain Man and the deck of cards, um, you know, Dustin Hoffman's character can count cards into, you know, four decks of Mm -hmm. of cards.
1: And he knows that Wapner's on at four. He knows that as well.
3: Right. So, so, so those kind of, and by the way, that's not uncommon The the kind of spikes in, in capabilities among people on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's not, you'd like to think there's more to it than just a parlor trick, right? So we were praying about it and trying to figure out, you know, Joe was going, now he was in high school. Hey, what, what is he going to do? When he graduates from high school, Mm -hmm. because he's got to work. You know, that's a, that's a, a, um, it's a characteristic or a quality that our, our parents, both my wife and I, our parents really instilled in us the importance of work, got to work, got to stay busy. And um, I was out in California meeting with uh, a client from my for-profit business. And we were talking about our families. And I mentioned that my son was autistic. And this client said, hey, did you read that article in Wired magazine about this Danish consulting firm that hires, trains, and then contracts out high-functioning people on the autism spectrum to do software testing, software development, you know, data-related stuff. And, I mean, it was like a lightning bolt. I said, what?! Wow. He goes, yeah, and they bill them out like five, 50 bucks an hour and higher. I said, can you send me that article? Well, he sent me the article and I started reaching out to this guy in Denmark, Torkel Sohn, mm-hmm. who had founded this consulting firm in Denmark, and I started sending him email. His email was actually in the Wired Magazine article. Mm-hmm. Well, he, I never, I didn't hear from him for like three months And I'm a fairly persistent guy, so I kept (laughs) sending him emails, finally got him on the phone, long story short, and met with us, and we struck a deal where we were able to open up the first U.S. or North American branch of that consulting business.
1: Talking to Tim Hansen from MindShift.Works. I want you to shift your mind. Do a whole Romans twelve two thing. Mm-hmm. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. We've been told for the last five, six, seven, eight, maybe ten decades that people on the autism scale, well, we just need to stick them in a corner or stick them in a janitor's position, but that the, they can't hold real jobs, and it's been a lie. As people today, Christ followers say, are recognizing that God created these people on purpose, and Tim Hansen, who was gifted with an autistic son, his name is Joe, realized that God has a purpose for these kids, which he, when he places, and the kids, they're adults, when he places them in jobs, he calls them specialists. Tim Hansen, welcome back to I Work For Him.
3: Thanks so much. Great to be here.
1: Yeah, Martha and I are so excited to have you here, Tim, and we're excited about just the... I don't know, do you ever really think about how kingdom transformational, how culturally transformational mindshift.works is in this country?
3: Well, that's that's kind of lofty language, Jim. I, uh, I'm okay, fine. I know you're a Minnesotan. I know you're not a used to Scandinavian patting. Lutheran I, I so so do not talk that way. <laughs> well,
1: I'm not but, saying it was your idea, Tim. I'm giving God no, the wasn't. credit, okay,
3: but no, but totally.
1: But seriously. I mean, how many other organizations in the United States of America are there like Mindshift Works?
3: Well, I'm I'm really glad to say that there are more than there used to be, mm. and and there's a couple of reasons for that. One, people are are you know we, we live in a great time. It's it's actually as weird as it sounds, and I, I don't want people to be offended by this. It's it is the best time ever to be a person on the autism spectrum. Because society is starting to recognize the gifts and talents of folks on the spectrum. There's television shows about, uh, what is it, The Good Doctor, I think, is a television show mm-hmm. about a, a young physician who's autistic. And it's, I think it's fairly uh, accurate. I, actually, one of the first people I talked to uh, when we started MindShift was a physician out in, out in New York whose son had graduated from medical school, and he's autistic. He had an undergrad in chemistry or chemical engineering. Hmm. Graduated medical school, couldn't get into uh, um, uh, rotation as a resident because when he got stressed, he'd flap his hands and you know have some kind of traditional autistic behaviors, and sure. it freaked out the, the folks that he was interviewing with. Well the guy is clearly bright he graduated from medical school <laughs> but he's got autism so there there are some challenges that come with that but but people are starting to recognize that there are some really unique skills here and and I will say the other thing that's working in our favor is that the job market is so tight mm-hmm. That even the Minnesota nice companies, when we first started talking to them nine years ago about this, and they would all say, oh, what a great idea. Yeah, that sounds real good. You keep us in touch, right? That sounds but so never,
2: Minnesotan. Yeah, but <laughs> but
3: would, wouldn't dream of signing a contract with us because in the back of their minds, they're thinking, well, how disruptive would it be to have a person with autism working here? Well, now fast forward to 2019. You can't find a lot of people to do work. And if you want to find people who are really sharp, like in data analytics Mm -hmm. or software development, they're even harder to find. And so really out of desperation, frankly, some companies are saying, "Uh, hey, tell me again about what you guys do. Can you find us people? And we can.
2: And that's when you know that God gave you um, a stirring that you've walked out in that is um, completely obedient and is really filling the niche. So let's talk about that for a minute, because I want our listeners to kind of make sure we're up to speed. You heard about an article where a consulting firm in Denmark was um, basically outsourcing autistic adults that had... Special skills that companies needed, and now yep. you have um, a branch of that organization here in the United States. Is that the way to do it, to, to, or it's your own?
3: Well, that's that's how we started, okay. and we we collaborate still with with that group, and they're great people. They uh-huh. they were the vi- you know Torquil was the visionary for this for this whole
2: model. Okay.
3: Um, And we've taken that. And I would say, um, for lack of a better term, we've sort of Americanized it. And um, we have offices in Fargo, North Dakota, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And we're we're looking to expand beyond that. But the model was um, very, you know, very simply is that if you can assess and identify the skill sets that these individuals have mm-hmm. and match those up with the needs that the corporate client has. And then we serve really as that bridge between the, the specialist and the client. Now, all of our specialists are our employees because we know them. Okay. We take care of them. We pay them well. We give them benefits. So they're our employee and, and so they have some structure and they have some, um, they can, they can kind of rely on us to be constant, right? Mm-hmm. To, to be that sort of constant force. And then um, we don't really care how well they interview because we're not looking at their interview skills. We're looking at their technical and work skills, Wow. And the, the reality is, is that and this isn't a slam on HR departments at all, but a lot of a lot of HR or, or hiring processes don't take that into account. So we're able to find people that these clients would never hire, probably never hire or never find. Mm-hmm. We're able to assess them, train them and prepare them to do the work for that client. So the client's ending up with a great worker our guys are ending up with a great job and uh, everybody wins
1: so let's just add in the faith component component to yeah. all of this because you may or may not be doing this if Christ wasn't at the center of your life how do you see your faith playing out i mean you got lots of day-to-day stuff mindshift.works is not your only job um, so <laughs> so how does how does your faith play into this as you really minister not only to these autistic specialists that you're placing at phenomenal places out there in the country, but you're also ministering to their families because for the first time ever, their families are going, ah, All along, I thought my kid was disabled, but really, he was specially abled. All along, I thought I, I, I was going to spend the rest of my life just taking care of my child while they're downstairs in a basement. Well, up in the Midwest, they're playing in the basement, um, you know, <laughs> playing video games. But God had such a bigger purpose. How does your faith play into all of this, Tim Hanson?
3: Well, you know, I said it before, and I'll say it again, If you if you are practicing your faith. So if you if you're praying, if you're in the word and you're asking God to guide and direct you. That doesn't mean that you're always going to do what God wants you to do because we're human and I'm kind of hard-headed and I kind of have my own ideas on how things should be. Mm-hmm. But if I keep regularly in contact with the creator of the universe, and I keep asking him to guide and direct me, then if I'm, if I'm obedient and if I'm listening, then I should be doing what he wants me to do. And, and a lot of really cool kind of supernatural things have happened along the way that has just continued to confirm for us that this is the right track. And, and I want to say too, there's a ton of parents out there that have a child on the autism spectrum who know their kid has skills mm-hmm. that are valuable, but they don't know how to leverage those skills. It's not that they they think, oh my kid's autistic, so they're disabled. They see a lot of these, a lot of the same gifts that we saw in Joe, mm-hmm. they see in their kids. They don't know how to leverage them. And that's really why it's so important that we keep doing what we're doing. The, the number of times when people hear about what we do and the parents are just about jumping out of their skin because they go, yeah, hey, yeah, that's my Max or that's my Dave. He, he can do this, this, and this. But you know, he doesn't really like to hang around with people a lot and he's not a great conversationalist and stuff. And so it's kind of a challenge. Hey, I get it. But you know what? The employers these days... Very frankly, unless it's a sales job, right, Mm -hmm. or a management job, Mm -hmm. how well they interact with other people isn't as important as how well they interact with a computer. And a lot of folks on the spectrum interact very well with a computer. And if you think about it, uh, if your computer doesn't have a lot of bugs in it, right, if you enter a certain command, you can reliably expect the same Outcome. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's very comforting for folks on the spectrum. Uh-huh. However, a conversation with someone where you have no idea what the other person's going to say, uh-huh. right?
2: Right.
3: That's unsettling. So huh. the social piece of it can get in the way of the actual work piece of it.
2: So for the so. for our listeners who are jumping out of their skin right now and saying, <laughs> Oh my goodness, I need to know more about the this. They're jumping up and down. Oh, jumping out of up <laughs> and down. Whatever they're ju- they're jumping because they're so excited to hear that somebody sees this need and is helping to fulfill it. What can they do? What do you suggest their next steps be, Tim Hansen?
3: Well, so To take a step back, it's really important, um, very basically, that, and this is my opinion, it's not a medical thing or Mm -hmm. anything like that. It's just my opinion. I think it's really important that you look at your child and identify what their natural gifts and skills are and concentrate on developing those natural skills and gifts and not worry about what their deficits are. Mm. And here's what I mean by that. Um, It's sort of a, a cliche that people on the autism spectrum don't make good eye contact and maybe aren't as good with their social cues and stuff. Well, there's nothing wrong with trying to improve on those things. But, you know, if your kid is really, really proficient on the computer and they don't make great eye contact In my opinion, it's probably not worthwhile to spend hours and hours trying (laughs) to get them to make good eye contact when those same hours could be used learning to code software. Mm. Because at the end of the day, they're going to get paid to code software. They're probably not necessarily going to get a job because they make better eye contact.
2: Yeah. Good, good
1: words. Even listening to our work for him. Wow. Thinking outside of the box today for all of us who, as we've come across friends and family and and people that we interact with all over the place that are autistic, people that were created by God with special abilities. Maybe they're a little socially awkward, but but do we know what their real abilities are? We've got Tim Hanson on the line with us today from MindShift.Works, MindShift.Works. His son, Joe, opened his eyes up to the idea that God didn't make a mistake. God, Joe wasn't sick. Joe was specially abled with extraordinary talents, extraordinary talents. So, Tim, maybe you should tell us a little bit of Joe's story today before we talk about what people could do if they don't live in Milwaukee and Fargo and Minneapolis <laughs> that, have, that have connections to autistic adults. Um, talk to us about Joe today. Have you been all the place, Joe, in a
3: technical job? Is that what his skill set is? So Joe does have uh, technical skills. We are working on developing those. It's it's kind of ironic. You know, I started this whole thing with Joe in mind, and yet Joe is not a specialist with MindShift. He's working, and he's a phenomenal worker. He's very reliable. He's He works very hard. Anyone that works with Joe or has hired Joe is is... Very complimentary of his work ethic, and I'm I'm very proud of that, and I can thank my parents for that, by the way, because hmm. they instilled it in me as as my in-laws did in my wife. Um, but uh, the the reality is is that um, this it is a spectrum, and the the talents that my son has lend themselves to certain work. Uh, at MindShift, our objective is to go from not just um, putting. Uh, hiring and putting high-functioning people to work in good-paying jobs with benefits and and unlocking the potential of these folks. And by the way, giving them a purpose, Mm -hmm. which is super important. But we want to extend that to those that aren't as high-functioning because there are a ton of jobs out there for those folks as well, and the model works the same. So our objective is that we continue to grow and impact more and more people on the autism spectrum on a broader slice of that autism spectrum. Okay. So what's Joe doing? Right now, Joe is working for a real estate developer, and he, uh, he's working in the construction area with him. And I, I think I described Joe. You know, he's 6'2", about 220. And he is strong. Mm-hmm. So uh, he physical labor is good for him. And it's really good for his employer.
2: That's awesome. So
3: he's very busy and he sleeps well at night. He's, he's got busy. pipes on him,
1: I'm so, sure. Right? So just
2: so we can understand a little bit more than within MindShift, what are some of the types of positions that you have been placing?
3: Well, I'll give you an example. Yeah. Uh, we had a mom call us and tell us about her son who was Uh, loading boxes on a UPS truck at night and then he was online gaming all the rest of his time and I want to be clear loading boxes on a truck is honorable work Mm -hmm. that's really good work and anyone that does that should be proud to do it her her view was that her son had other capabilities that he wasn't using Mm Mm-hmm and so we had him come in, and, and we did an assessment, and we placed him at one of the largest health insurance companies in the country to do financial analytics. And he was using an Excel program to do that. And about a week goes by, and we get a call from the manager at the healthcare health insurance company saying, hey, he is using a program in Excel that's pretty interesting, Um, we're wondering if we can use that program here to do the financial analytics. And we're like, well, they asked for permission. I said, talk to him. He's the one that put it together. (laughs) So they approached him and said, you know, this software program that you're using is way better than the one that we have. Can we use it? He goes, sure. They said, well, how did you develop it? And he said, well, um, I do a lot of online gaming. And so I wrote this program to keep track of all of the scores of all of the people that I was competing against online. (laughs) Now, think about that. He goes into a huge health insurance company. They're now using his work to be more efficient in their business with a software program that he kind of wrote for fun. How many people are out there (laughs) like that?
2: There's a ton of them. That's amazing. And companies need them. That's awesome. That is so
3: so t- t- let me just wrap that up. The data analytics. So at that health insurance company now, I think we have seven specialists. They're all in data analytics. And the team mm-hmm. lead in the data analytics is one of our specialists as well. Wow. And they want more. And it's going extremely well. So, so, so kind this of is work-
1: benefiting this company. I mean, this company is flourishing even more effectively and efficiently and profitably because of the specialists that you're placing from mindshift.works. This is not like them doing you a favor and hiring some underprivileged person. This is helping their bottom line.
3: Jim, I could not have said it better. (laughs) That is exactly what's going on. We call it, as strange as this sounds to some people, we call it the autism advantage. Our workers are more efficient. Our workers are specialists. They see things that other people don't see. Mm -hmm. I'll give you another example. We got a young man up in Fargo. He was hired uh, or we contracted with an accounting firm. They had five associates who split up the tasks of one job. The reason they had five associates is nobody wanted to do the work Uh because it was really uh, kind of mind-numbing, repetitive. Required a lot of attention to detail, so we contract with them, and our guy goes in there, and so he's taking a forty-hour job that's split among five people. He does that job in fifteen hours with greater efficiency and and fewer mistakes than it took them in forty hours. Wow! <laughs> it happens all the time. That oh, happens wow. all the time. Okay, so
1: wow. we got to get, we, I mean, How exciting. what I want our <laughs> listeners to hear is Tim Hansen was moved by God to make an impact on our country by recognizing the abilities of a people group within our country, a subculture within our country, autistic folks. And so many of you listening know somebody who's connected to an autistic person. One out of 68, as Tim said, uh, uh, of children born today are born with autism. Tim, we got parents and 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 brothers and sisters and relatives all over the country that are connected to autistic folks. Not all of them are going to fit what MindShift.Works does, but many of them may. But they're not living in Milwaukee, Fargo, or Minneapolis. You said you had a fourth office. What you, Did you have four offices?
3: Did you say Fargo? Fargo. Fargo. You know, way up Fargo? there in North Dakota, eh? Fargo, eh? By the way, Fargo is booming. Uh, um uh, you know, we don't have a fourth office. We, okay. we have plans for uh, a fourth office, and um, but I, I don't want to say anything okay. about it until we finalize right. it.
1: But but people are listening. They're, they're from Atlanta, and they're from Dallas, and they're from Tampa, and they're from Jacksonville, and they're from Fort Myers, and they're from Austin, Texas, and Los Angeles, California. What in the world can they do with their high-functioning, super technical, autistic relative?
3: Well, that's a great question. So... Selfishly, what I would say is that we're always looking for people to partner with us to expand. Mm. So that's what happened in Milwaukee. Uh, One of our board members uh, is a businessman in Milwaukee. He had heard about this business model, and he reached out to us and said, Hey, what would it take to do this in Milwaukee? And in about six months, we had put a plan together and launched in Milwaukee. And we do work in Milwaukee for one of the largest medical device companies on the planet. Uh, and, and, we're, and we're growing in Milwaukee. And so it, it took him reaching out to us to say, hey, what do we have to do to get this going here? And we put a plan together and we did it. There's, I would like nothing more than to do that in all of the cities that you just mentioned, who are, which are all great cities and other cities around the country. You know, as long as there are customers there, and I say customers, companies that need people, and as long as there are people with autism who live there, well, guess what? Every one of those cities you mentioned fits, fits that right. description. And if there's a, a person or a group there that has a passion for this, we, we can make it happen. So Excellent. we've
1: got people listening today that are working in work all different varied types of workplaces and, and technical abilities are needed in every business, every organization. Yeah. And they're just for the first time ever thinking, no kidding, autism, people that w- that are autism specialists, they could be the solution to this issue. It's okay for them <laughs> to reach out to you on MindShift.Works, right? They can reach out to you from there and get started yeah, in the conversation?
3: Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Go to MindShift.Works and you can connect with us there. And we have an unbelievable team of employees that manages this business and runs this business top to right. bottom just awesome. just awesome very mm-hmm. talented people to to um to interact with folks that are interested and and we're we'll travel to meet with folks great uh, we're happy to to visit about what they have going on mm-hmm. we're out of and, time we're out of time mm-hmm.
1: tim hanson with mindshift.works thank you so much for sharing your story and i work for him today
3: My pleasure. Blessings to you.
1: You're listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers, our workplace. It's our mission field, but ultimately, I I work work for him.
0: number 4 him.com